Hallelujah. Can we lift up our hands and just say, Father, we thank you for you are awesome and you are good, you are kind, you're faithful and true. Lord, we bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. In the impartation of your light and the transformation of our lives. Tonight, as we appear before you, we ask that the light of your word will shine upon our lives again. You will illuminate us in and out. And our lives shall begin to reflect the glory of your majesty in a glorious dimension. Blessed be your name, our God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Shout hallelujah. Shout a believing hallelujah. God bless you. Please, you're welcome in Jesus' name. Let's be seated. Tonight, we are going to be starting a series that um, we are going to at least take for, for us to have part one. Definitely, we are going to have part two. But by the time we are going to be starting the part two, we'll know whether we'll go to part three. We are looking at the theme for this week, or this month, rather. Our theme, our focus this month is the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Outpouring, outpouring. But it could be an outpouring of the Spirit. It could be an outpouring of the blessing. But we are looking at outpouring. Part one. And we are going to be looking at God is a Spirit. God is a Spirit. God is a Spirit. And our text is Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 from verse 22 to 32. The book of Joel, prophet Joel, chapter 2 from verse 22 to 32. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the trees, for the tree beareth our fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately, and it will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servant and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord had said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. May the Almighty God bless the reading and hearing of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Like I said to us, this is going to be an introduction to a series we are going to be taking for a while. And so we are going to be laying the foundation this evening. Our memory verse is John chapter 4, 24. John 4, 2, 4. We are going to read it together. John 4, 2, 4. One, two, go. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. One more time. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
John chapter 4, verse 24. Creation began with the person of the Holy Spirit. Creation began with the person of the Holy Spirit. He went out from God to incubate the earth in preparation for the declaration of God. The essence of this Bible study is to understand the reason for the outpouring. See, being in the church for a while, I found out that there are a lot of things that God has benevolently bestowed upon us as a people. That we are not fully, yes, we are aware of some, but we have not fully understood many of them. Even though there are still so many, many, many of these blessings and this benefit that we are yet to understand, to even be aware of, rather. And one of such is the person of the Holy Spirit and his outpouring. The creation began with the Holy Spirit. He went forth from God to incubate the earth in preparation for the declaration of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I can say authoritatively from the little understanding we have garnered over the years from God and his relationship between the Trinity, or the relationship that ensues between the Trinity, that there is nothing God will do without the Holy Spirit going forward. The Holy Spirit goes forth before God speaks. So we can say even before the beginning began, which was made so by the declaration of God. You know, in John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. So if in the beginning there was the word, and in the beginning God created, we all know that the reason why there was creation in the beginning was because God spoke. And we also know, because we are Bible students, that's why this is a Bible study class, we also know that if God is going to speak and is going to come to pass, the Holy Spirit must have moved. Are we on the same page? All right. So it means that even before God said, let the beginning begin, the Holy Spirit has gone into operations. Because his job majorly is preparation. He does the work of preparing for the declaration of God's word. So that when the word of God is coming, just like a farmer who wants to plant, he won't go directly on the field and begin to cast his seed. He will first and foremost implore the use of either equipment like plow, arrow and ridger, or cutlasses and hoe, as the case may be, to prepare the ground so that when the seed is being cast, the seed has somewhere to land on and to be able to begin its life. So the Holy Spirit's major work is to prepare the place for the word of God to land and begin to fulfill the purpose for which God has said it. There was nothing accomplished at creation without the impute of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing. When the earth was that form and void and darkness was up, even upon the face of the deep, the Bible says the Spirit of God had to move upon the face of the waters. That movement, in other translations, says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, hovers. Another translation says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, incubated upon the earth. Just like the mother ant sits upon the egg to generate the necessary heat that will enable the, 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 the abomen and the yolk to form the cheek that eventually begin another life for either the end or the cock. All right. Jesus, who is the word of God personified? John chapter 1 verse 14. Jesus, who is the word of God personified? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. Could not do anything. Even without the Holy Spirit, he couldn't fulfill his purpose. This is the word of God, full of grace and truth. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't perform a single miracle. Couldn't perform any single miracle until there was an endowment 
by the Holy Spirit. And that's why the summary of the endowment is in the Act of Apostles chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. It means if Jesus was not anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, he wouldn't be able to heal. He wouldn't be able to do any good thing. He wouldn't be able to deliver those who are under satanic oppression. Now, the withdrawal of this important person or personality led to the decadence and destructions being experienced on earth today. According to Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Now, why did God say his spirit will no more strive with man? When you look up to second verse, look at what the Bible says. Okay, let's start from verse 1. No, no, I said go up, not now. Let's go to verse 2. It's verse 2 I want to ask to read. Okay. Took them as of what which they took. And he repented God because the thought and the imagination of the heart of man was evil continually. Please check that scripture, that verse. What verse is that in that chapter? Yes, agreed. The Bible says, yes, thank you very much. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in their heart. And that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, before God saw this, and he repented that the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. Now, do you know that before evil took absolute control of the thought and imagination of the heart of man, what happened in verse 3? The Bible says God withdrew. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3 again, please. Thank you. And the Lord said, my spirits are not always struggle with man. Before this time, the Holy Spirit is just trying to get man to cooperate. Get man to cooperate. So when man was now not cooperating and the Holy Spirit doesn't struggle, God withdrew the Holy Spirit. As soon as the Holy Spirit was withdrawn, because he could strive with man, the next thing that was going to happen, by the time we got to the fifth verse of Genesis chapter 6, the thought of man, the imagination of man has been taken over by evil and so wickedness. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is like the salt that when it is not available on a particular food, there is no way it will not rot it. Meaning that the reason for the rottenness, moral decadence, evil all around the world today is because of the lack of this presence in the lives of people. So from what we have just discussed, we can draw out some hypotheses. If the presence of the Holy Spirit does not permit decadence and its absence leads to moral decadence and evil occurrence, when we put side by side moral behaviors, good behavior, good acts, good thought, good imagination, side by side, evil acts, wickedness, and moral decadence. In our society, if we put them side by side, which one is higher? Moral, good moral behavior, good deeds, good acts, and evil acts. Which one is more? Please, I want us to be together. Evil acts. Now, if the presence of God or the Holy Spirit encourages good behavior and the absence of the Holy Spirit encourages wicked behavior, which is more presence in the lives of people, the Holy Spirit or evil spirit? Hello, sir. Evil spirit. Now, can I ask you a simple question? Statistically, Christians 
vis-à-vis unbelievers who are more. Unbelievers are more than Christians. Okay. So, we say darkness is more, right, than light. So, the few Christians, if they possess the Holy Spirit, according to our study, it means the presence of God is more. Now, in the presence of God is evident in them. Now, if the presence of God is evident in them, that means they have the light. When darkness is thick and just a light is shining, which one will take charge? Praise God, light. Now, even though unbelievers are more than Christians, we are drawing an apotheosis now. Can we say that even the Christians are not many? The few Christians that are available, many of them are not experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So, how can you be a Christian without the Holy Spirit? Is it possible to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit? Lack of awareness. Can we say, I, I like, you know, this is an hypothesis. You said lack of awareness. Can we say that lack of awareness can even lead us to be struggling with the Holy Spirit? So, if lack of awareness is making us to struggle with the Holy Spirit, will the Holy Spirit withdraw or not? Because he doesn't struggle. We will grieve him and he can withdraw. Meaning that the reason why it seems as if Christians, though few we are, are not even manifesting as few as we are, we can now conclude that it's either we are not responsive to the Holy Spirit because we are not aware of his personality. I've had to take care of myself in these regards before. When I will hear a voice like, give up money, what is in your pocket as an offering? And I'll say, shut up. Now, who has asked me to give up the money in my pocket as an offering? The devil or the Holy Spirit? Has he ever told you to give up the money in your pocket as an offering before? Has he ever told you that before? Did you give her the money? <laughs> <laughs> no. How will I go? Okay, I'll leave that one. <laughs> and at that point, do you know what you have done? You are saying, Holy Spirit, shut up. You see, I, I, I want to believe that if the Holy Spirit is actively involved in our life situation, in our life's journey, there are a lot of things we wouldn't have done. And there are a lot of things we will have done that will have catalyzed our progress in life. There's a need for us to understand that there must be deliberate and intentional decision on our part to cooperate and agree with the Holy Spirit. Because this personality, even though he's a teacher, he's all of that, if you are led to go into all of that, we are, going to, we are not actually looking at the attribute of the Holy Spirit. And the, we're looking at the outpouring, first and foremost. We're looking at outpouring. We're looking at the Holy Spirit taking his place. When something is poured on you out, it's coming out from somebody and it's being poured. That means there is a transference of that individual to us. And that's why our topic tonight is God is a spirit. So unless the Holy Spirit is transferred to you, God has not been transferred. So a Christian without the Holy Spirit is a religion practitioner. He just comes to church. And hear me, sir. There is no way you will have the Holy Spirit without, without a relationship and communication, and it will grow. Just like a man and a woman married. You just got married. So the man has his bedroom. The wife has his own bedroom. They wake up in the morning. The man goes here in his own bedroom, his own suit. He has his bath. The lady's bedroom too is in suit. She had her bath. And the two of them get out of the house. 
and just wave at one another, good morning, good morning, and they get into their very, very, various cars, and they drive out. They come back in the evening, the guy goes back to his room, and the girl goes back to his room, our room, and they're like that for one year. Somebody say, God forbid. That's not marriage. Is that not so? That's not marriage. We all know that's not marriage. They might have been joined together in church. One might have come and said, Lord, I give my life to you. And I knew that and I said, I surrender my life to Jesus. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Excuse me, until there's a relationship between you and the Holy Spirit, he's not there. So most of the time, the question I ask myself is, how cordial is my relationship with this person? Do I even have a relationship? Have I been intentional about communicating? Have I taken a stroll and see something overwhelming and say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this thing. I think you need to explain this to me. Or have I gotten to a point where I'm always confused and say, Holy Spirit, I'm getting confused. Can you clarify this matter? You know, most of the time, relationship must be known or we must realize that relationship must be cultivated. That word cultivation is a, is a farmer's language. Now, that word cultivation talks about nurturing. But the farmers use cultivation. You understand? Any relationship that we grow must be nurtured, must be cultivated, and it involves intentionality. For those of us that are not married, for those of us that are married, we know some of the extent we have to go to see our fiancé or fiancée when we're cutting. Especially in those days where there was no GSM. Thank God for GSM now, you can charge, you can do. Those days when there was no GSM, you go out of your way. Because there was no way you would communicate. To see her, you gist, you gist, you, you, that gisting, in the process of gisting, you are getting to know one another. Do you know that most Christians don't even know how to cultivate their relationship with the Holy Spirit? So it's like you're not married to, you're married to someone you have always turned your back against. You're going your way. Who's, and his responsibility is to direct you as to where to go and what to do. As we study tonight, may we be greatly impacted upon in the mighty name of Jesus. The essence of the Holy Spirit. The essence of the Holy Spirit. You know, there is what we call the attribute of the Holy Spirit. We are not looking at the attribute of the Holy Spirit tonight. We are looking at essence. Why, why, why God, did God actually thought it in, in, within him to send the Holy Spirit to us? Why? Because when you know the why, then you will be longing for him. You will be able to place the right premium on him, the right, the right value on him. Man was created, listen, man was created by God to share his nature and personality. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Every other one is additional. But the key point is, we are created in his image and to be like him. Ah, do you know the day I began to challenge my IQ? The day I began to challenge my IQ was when I, I sat down and I watched termites over a period of time build their, their heel. I mean, if you have not done that, please try and I, I watched them build this hill, and one day I did something intentionally. There was a place they just finished constructing. Even I don't even know where they get their building materials from. That's another question. I don't know where those tiny things, if you see their broad body, is just flesh. They only have these two things. You understand that they used to, that's the only two things those things had. Till tomorrow, I don't know where they get those building materials from. I don't know how they produce their building materials. They from that you that if you want to dismantle it, you will sweat. So I didn't want to touch the area that is already dry because I will be wasting my energy. So there's a place they just finished constructing, wet. So I decided to pull it. So I broke the place. 
I went to it. Two days after, I went back. Sir, they reconstructed it back. I now said to myself, if these ordinary termites are doing so many exploits, excuse me, with all the brain in my head that is like the brain of God, what am I doing? Oh! That's when I began to understand that there's so much inside of me. I am, I am too loaded with, but you know, man is just wake up, go to work, come back, eat, go to work, come back, eat. We are not aware. And the reason for this lack of awareness is because the person who is supposed to point us to our potentials, we are not in tune. We need to understand the reason for their pouring. God doesn't just want to decorate us with the Holy Spirit like we are wearing clothes and we are looking fine. Thank God we speak in tongues. But the reason for the Holy Spirit is not for us to speak in tongues. I like people who pray in tongues for 12 hours, wonderful. But it is better not to pray in tongues for 12 hours and have a relationship with God than to pray in tongues for 12 hours and doesn't know the Holy Spirit. You can pray in tongues for 24 hours. And after the 24th hour, the Holy Spirit says, go this way. He says, no, 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 this way I used to go before. You, yes, yes, that's where you've been going. Now you've just finished praying 24 hours. He has something else to show you in a direction you've not gone before. So he said, don't go this way, go this way. You are saying to him, no, this is not the way I want to go. This is the way I want to go. Praying in tongues does not connote the Holy Spirit. It's only a confirmation that he's there. Praise the Lord. For the fact that the woman said yes to you does not mean she's already your wife. Yes, doesn't mean she's your wife. Praise God. Hallelujah. It goes beyond saying, yes, I want to marry you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for the fact that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not mean he's in charge. We were created. So the whole essence of God is available in the Holy Spirit. Now, in that, our memory verse, John 4, 24, God is a spirit. And everything that makes God God is in the spirit. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. All right, look at it. But he said, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Capital letter S. For the spirit. Anytime you see capital letter S, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. For the spirit searched all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man. You see small capital letter, small letter S, talking about the spirit of man. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit, capital letter S, of God. And verse 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, capital letter S, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Meaning that from that scripture, you can't know those things that God has freely given to you without an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because his responsibility is to point you to those things that are freely given. Now, if something is freely given, that means you don't need to pay for it. The greatest disaster a man can have in life is to go through life without those things that have been paid for. Praise God. They have paid for a car. A car has been paid for by someone at Koskaris. Praise God. And on the receipt of that car is Stephen Anifoshe. And Stephen Anifoshe is going around with Legedis Benz. Just because the person is supposed to tell Stephen Anifoshe that a car has been paid, didn't there's no, relation, there's no way you can communicate. So the car is there. On taking, is there in Coscaris. Nobody will carry it. Because that car and the chassis number and the engine number has been written on the receipt of this man. Do you know it will amaze you the lot of blessings that are in the storeroom of God having so many of our names but yet we are not taking them. Because we don't know. Things that are freely given to us. His job is, you know, he said, he said the Spirit searched all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Not something that you get from the surface. 
deep things that is personally inclined. It's about me. You know, God deals with us in two dimensions. He deals with us corporately and individually as an entity. So in corporate dealings, we share general benefits. But when it comes to individual dealings, you share, you take advantage of specific blessings. There are specific blessings for you and I, which is deeply rooted in God, that the only entity who can search and bring it out is the Holy Spirit, that if he doesn't reveal it to you, no prophet can. No prophet can. It has to be him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yesterday night I was, I was just praying and I was thanking God. I was excited, thanking God, thanking God, thanking God. And I was thanking God for something that happened to me last year. You know, a good number of my friends kept coming to me. Ah, Pastor Alex, what's your problem? You are now on camp. Where you are saying is too small, you know, you can't be staying here. You have to get land. I mean, you, getting land is not difficult for you. Get land and build. I mean, one psyched me. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to apply for land. <laughs> but I was praying that night. As I was praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying, 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 praying. I just had this word. The righteous does not make haste. Ah, you know, my excitement to go. The righteous, that means a righteous man does not need to be in a hurry. Ah, okay. So what is the, you know, from that scripture, I knew what God is saying, oh boy, cool down. Ah, okay. The more he says cool down, because I had that one not once, not twice, not three times. So I knew God has spoken. So the idea, in fact, at the time my children were asking me, Daddy, when are we going to leave this place? I said, God is building us a house. Because I don't know what he wanted to do. But he said, the righteous does not make haste. And I continued doing my things. Do you know what happened? Unknowing to me, God has already sorted out the land, sorted out the house. Somebody else was building a house that it was meant for me, and I didn't know. Now, do you know what I would have done without that word? I would have gone to look for land, and I will begin to struggle to look for money to build. But meanwhile, is it the will of God for me to struggle to build? When I begin to struggle to build, it will withdraw and be watching me. So I can be on it for six years. We'll just be shaking and say, what a pity. If you are just, can just listen. There are so many journeys that we wouldn't have taken one year that we are going in six years. Why? Because we are going in the wrong direction. Sir, so we must be, you see, this intentionality is a language that must be readily, stay, I mean, must be, in a, it must be intentional. Sir, so you have to cultivate it. You wake up in the morning. In those days, the first book on intentional cultivation of relationship with the Holy Spirit that I stumbled on and I read was the one written by Benny Hinn. I wouldn't know whether you have seen the book, Good Morning Holy Spirit. I mean, if, if you've read it before, go and read it again. Because there are times we read books in those days and we're not really sure. The reason why you wrote that book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, is, you know what it means for you to get up from the bed and then I say, Good Morning Holy Spirit. Somebody who doesn't know what you are doing, say, this guy is crazy. He gets up from the bed and is greeting someone that he's not seeing. Now, what he's trying to say is, can you go each day, each hour of the day, in the consciousness of the Holy Spirit, and be conversing with him on issues that matters and issues that concerns you? Can you, can you, you know, I, 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 I remember when our father in law was sharing the testimony of, uh, AGO admin was sharing the testimony of a young man who, when he was going to get married, shortly before he got married, he had an accident. And that accident led to, it affected his backbone. And he had to be on the wheelchair. No, he had to be on the wheelchair. Thank you. He had to be on the wheelchair. He couldn't, he couldn't move. And so, after several prayers and all of that, he, he did something. For each time I remember that testimony, I'm like, man, that's something some people do at times. That if we can just look deeply, there's wisdom in it. Because they got their result. He got three chairs and placed it in front of himself, and sat down. He was on the wheelchair, so he put the three chairs. Said God the Father. 
when you were sending me to this world, I'm sure you didn't intend for me to end my life on the wheelchair. I'm on the wheelchair, but I know that's not what you intended for me. Son of God, I thought the Bible says you came. <laughs> that even if my parents have done something terrible, that will have led to me getting into this situation. You have come to take it away. For your name shall be called Jesus, for he shall take it. So you have taken away the sin that will have led to me losing my back. And he, he was talking so many things. He said, Holy Spirit. And let's just even agree that Jesus has left this world. He's in heaven. But you are here. And your responsibility is to stay with me. The day the accident was to take place, where were you? No, 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 no. This can't be right. No, no, no. This can't be right. This can't be right. I can't take it. And he stood up and jumped and hit his leg on the front. He didn't know that he has already gotten healed. He was just saying, this can't be right. This can't be right. And he was like, this can't be that was somebody who was on the wheelchair. That was why he got out of the wheelchair. Each time I hear that testimony, somebody said, does it really work like that? Excuse me. When you are intentional about articulating spiritual reality, you'll be amazed at the result. We just thought that this thing would just happen unconsciously. So we can't expect things to happen unconsciously in a conscious world. That you know that every decision you take is consciously taken. Your act is consciously. Somebody says when a man takes a decision or acts unconsciously in a normal world, he's, in, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a candidate or a patient of the psychiatric hospital. Nobody does anything without consciously taking a decision. You were coming for Bible study today. I met somebody who was coming from the office. When I saw him, the way I met him, I said, I'm sure you are not coming to church. He says, Pastor, I didn't know I was going to come early. In fact, I'm Right from the morning, he knew he won't be here. You know that some of you that are here, because you have made up your mind to be there, that's where you're here. So you consciously take a decision that drives you towards an experience. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the essence of the Holy Spirit is to make God available. So when you say outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are talking about transferring of God into you. Jesus is Lord. Someone says, how can God be transferred into me? Excuse me, the way he created and formed your body is to be a house. John, I mean, 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, no, you're not. That you are what? The temple. Meaning that the formation of every man is just like a house. That's why, God forbid, demon can live in a man. And the Holy Spirit can live in a man. How can demon live if a man is not like a house? How can God live if a man is not like a house? So, I want us to be aware that we are a house. At times, can you look at yourself in the mirror and be speaking to yourself? Knowing fully well that the word you are speaking is an entity, the person you are speaking to is an entity. We'll talk about that later. Don't let me take you into that, that direction. Hallelujah. All right, number two. Our second outline says, Holy Spirit and prophecy. Holy Spirit and prophecy. Every act of God is preceded by his word. Nothing God will do that his word will not have done. His word, in fact, it is the word that he speaks that he acts upon. Look at the book of John chapter 1 verse 3. Can we read together? All things, yes, were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Meaning that nothing ever came into existence without the word. Not that particular scripture is talking about the word. Nothing ever came into existence without the word. Said in the word, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being, our existence. Said he uphold all things by what? The word of his power. That means it's the word of God that is holding everything together. It's the magnetic force that is holding the whole things in place. When, when we were studying, was it geography that we were doing it then when we were in school? And they told us that the, the earth is always moving. You know the earth moves. That's why 
what comes around goes what goes around comes around. This point, this point, you see, may you understand what I'm about to say. See this point in which you are now that we're sharing this world is a point in time. Hmm? Now this point is going to leave. It's going to move. It's going to move. It's going to move. You see, it's the same point that is moving. The point is going to move. 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 And the point is going to come back to this point. Now, when this point that I've left comes back to this point, what happens is you get a reward for what you have just done. That's why I calculate what I do every year to determine what will happen to me the next year. Personally, since I learned that, and it has never failed. So I can, without any doubt, calculate my next year by what I do this year. So September this year, I'm going to be intentional about doing certain things so that by September next year, when the turn of the season comes, I'm going to have something that will come to me in time zone. But no, people don't know. People just live. They just act. They are not intentional about sowing seed. They are not intentional about sowing acts. They are not intentional about what they say. They are not intentional about the prayer. They pray. Not knowing that any time a season goes, it's still coming back. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. When he speaks, the one has gone forth. He's going to travel. And it's going to come to pass. Assert the turn of the season. You know, there's always a turn of the season. Glory be to God. Someone say, how can I know what will happen next year? You can know what will happen next year by what has happened this year. It's so simple. It's, uh, it's scientific. But science has its root in Christianity, in God. In God. That's why when I left school years ago, and I began to understand the scientific aspect of God. I started, I had to go and buy Abbott. You know Abbott, physics textbook. I started, somebody said, Pastor, do you want to do what I can say since when? After I've left university many years ago. I started reading Abbott. That's when I began to understand speed, acceleration, velocity. I started understanding light. I started understanding sound. It was then I began to understand that the only reason why the scientific, scientists were able to make all of those discoveries was by the inspiration of the Spirit. I began to see all this law of flotation. I began to say, oh, that's why I discovered that there is what is called spiritual gravitational pull. Should I tell you what spiritual gravitational pull is? When you are going higher, there are demons that are ready to pull you back downward. <laughs> they just want you to come down. And, and what they are going to build on, they are going to build on your ego. They are going to build on your human frailty. They know every man is naturally proud. So when you begin to go up, they begin to fan the flame of your ego. You are the one, you see all of them, say, Raka, you are too much. And the minute your hand goes up like this, the minute this hand goes up and begins like this, they'll begin to pull this one down. The minute this one joins, is your leg that they will handle. And before you know what's happening, you are down. <laughs> Praise God. So all these things are, are realities in the world. Every act of God. You see, when there's a declaration, you know, what we call prophecy is a declaration of God's word. That's what we call prophecy. Because if God will not do anything without his word, you will agree with me that when he wants to do something, what does he do? He sends his word. He sends his word. For example, if he's going, you know, that's why I tell you, please let us be sensitive to declarations. When a father and a lord or a pastor or a prophet is giving a word, excuse me, be sensitive. When that word comes, speak it. You see, there are some that will glue to your spirit. There has been one, one has glued to my spirit since the Holy Ghost service. He said, men will begin to compete together to help you. Ah, that one has not left my spirit. <laughs> I know it's for me. Now, if I did not hear it, I wouldn't expect it. Do you, do you understand what I just said now? If I didn't hear it, I wouldn't expect it. But now that I have heard that men will be competing to help me, what am I expecting? Expecting help to come. Meaning that prophecies are meant to create expectations. Because if you have not heard it, you can't expect it. And if you don't expect it, God can't do anything. Why? Because it is the expectation of the righteous that will not be cut short. So if you don't hear it, 
you don't expect it, then nothing will happen. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. I want to quickly push this out so that we can ask questions. We also, we, look at how it started. It said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take it, you give attention. You give attention to it. When prophecies are coming, don't trivialize it. It might not look like you as at the time it's coming forth. But if it's something that's going to be a blessing to you, it's going to bring joy to your heart, it's going to bring transformation to your life, no matter how big it is, claim it. Like when the prophecy came that somebody was going to have a house before the end of the year, and the man claimed it, and he couldn't afford to buy land. And when it was Christmas, the boss asked, have I given you any present this year? He said, no, sir. There's a house I have at the quarters. I've not been, I have many houses, so you can go and have it. I said, eh? He has not yet recovered from that. Said I change my furniture every year. The one I'm using, I'm about to change it because I don't think there's any good furniture in that place. Come and take it. And where is it? Uh-huh. He said, uh, in that, in that estate, it's only big men that ask cars that are there. You don't have a car. I have a car for you. So you need Thinking of a high, he had the house, he had furniture, and he had the car. He was just doing, ah, 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 and three things happened. <laughs> it means that when prophecy came, anytime prophecy comes, excuse me, don't weigh yourself, uh, it will always come to you bigger than you. Any prophecy that is in your level, that means not for you, it's for something below you. Prophecy will always be big. And bigger because the one who is talking is bigger than you. So he's going to be telling you something that your head cannot comprehend. It doesn't matter if your head can comprehend it. Dive into the ocean, you won't drown. Get into your room and begin to dance. Oh Lord, I thank you. Help us are coming. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Excuse me. There is no way you expect help us and help us will not show. Because anytime you are going, everybody you meet will be smiling because you don't know which one is your helper. So when you're smiling, <laughs> It's like, it's like, it's like, praise God. Because you'll be, well, you will look at this and can this person be the helper? You see? So you are looking out for what God has said, you will find it. That's your response. Because this outpouring is to make easy what God has already concluded. Because if the Holy Spirit does not work out what God has said, no man can work it out. Because no man can know what is in the mind of God. Accept the spirit of God which is in him. Let's conclude that. So we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take it as unto a light. Look at it. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day start arise in your heart. I love the day. I understood what it means for the day to dawn and the day start to arise. It means that when you are going through a situation and prophecy comes, that situation will be like the night when the night begins to come down, 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 it ends and opens the door for the day to break. Meaning that when prophecy comes, prophecy is to end an error and to start a new one. Meaning that that error of ugliness, the reason why the prophecy comes is to end that error and to open you up for an experience according to that which has been prophesied. Do you understand what I just said? All right. Okay, let's read it. Note this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For only men have been moved. For the prophecy came not in no time by the will of God, but only men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's purpose and intention is known and can only be known through the Holy Spirit. His purpose and intention for our lives can only be known through the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1, 67 to 73. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Ghost. This is John the Baptist's father. And prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people. Yes, and has raised up an honor of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophet, which have been since the world began. Go on. I just want us to read. I know it's 70, but I want us to read said that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. When you read downward, you find out that what he was trying to say is that what is happening now about Jesus coming is a confirmation of what God has said long before he came. 
You see, during the communion service on Sunday, I said something to those who were here. When we're praying, that thought just came so strong in my spirit, and I believe God, I believe it was God that wanted me to mention it to them because it has not left my thought since then. He said, there are three different kind of faces. I mentioned it to the workers in the morning on Sunday, but in the night, he, 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 he shared it with me in a different dimension. He said, there are three differences in prophecy, three different facets or dimensions in prophecy. The first is the declaration of the prophecy. Be spoken. The next is the process of declaration, the process of fulfillment of the prophecy. And the last phase is actually the fulfillment. I found out this, and it's interesting. Not everybody that were part of the declaration, most of the time, end up with an experience. Most times. That's why when you read the Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame of Faith, men and women of faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you find out he got to a point, he, saw, he said, many of these people, they saw it afar off. But they never partook of it. They just saw it, they just had it. Okay, look at the prophecy that God gave to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. That his children were going to be strangers in a land for 400 years, they will afflict them, and eventually they will come out in great, with great substance and everything. God said it to Abraham. But when it was going to come to pass, was Abraham alive? Meaning that there are times some people hear prophecy. Some people are even part of the process. You know, the process of that prophecy coming to pass, so many things happened. You know, it was along the line that Joseph was born, his 12 brothers, famine came, they located to Egypt. That was how many years? Hundreds of years before Joseph died and they started torturing them and they tortured them for 430 years. Among between that 430 years, you know how many people that would have died? But when they were going to leave Egypt, it was a particular generation of people. So they did not hear the prophecy, but they became an, a particular of it. And that was why we prayed the prayer on that Sunday. Father, prophecy that I did not hear, that is meant to come to pass in these days, let me have an experience of it. And the one I have had, please don't let it happen behind me. <laughs> Praise God. Don't let it happen behind me. You know, a prophecy can come. And it's happening in somebody's life in Bini. And you that you are in Auguste, you don't even know the prophecy has come to pass. Is it not what is happening by your door that you know is happening? Do you know what is happening in the next people's door? Meaning that there are prophecies that come to pass. Some people hear it. They don't even know the process. They don't even know when it's coming to pass. But in the name that is above every other name, going forward, this season, as the prophecies have been declared, and the process is being set in motion, Every one of us shall be participators in Jesus' name. We shall be partakers in Jesus' name. And it shall come to pass in our lives in the name of Jesus. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. Remember, the intentions and the plan of God is always known by prophecy. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14 to 18. Sorry, it's not, it's not 2, it's 20. Okay. Now, the background story, before we read this, was that some enemies gathered together to fight against Judah. And they were so powerful that Jehoshaphat the king had to run to God for help. And they all had to be in a money mood. They were in a money mood to seek God's intervention on the matter. So they were looking and expecting what God will do. How God will turn things around in their favor. How God will help them in that situation. And the Bible says in 14th verse of Zechariah Chronicles chapter 20, then upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Now, they wanted direction. They wanted intervention. They wanted to know the mind of God concerning the matter. The Spirit of God came upon him and he said, Akin, Ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid, not dismayed, by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, 
but gods. 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. For tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and Naphtali of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Who was speaking? Who was speaking? Through who? Through Jewel. And when they heard, they all bowed. Who were they bowing to? Is it Jewel? They bowed to God. But who was the one that God used to speak a man? The Holy Spirit used an individual to speak. And when they were going to bow, they did not bow to that individual. They bowed to God. They fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse 19. Thank you. And the level of the children of Christ and the children of Christ stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Now, can I ask you a question? Who now told them to get singers with tambourine, with all kinds of musical instruments to lead them to battle? Who told them? I'm about running up. I just want to ask this question. Who told them to set singers ahead of the journey? You had the prophecy. You had the prophecy. What was the prophecy? You will not need to, to fight in this battle. For the battle is, is not yours, but is of God. Tomorrow, go down against them. You had the prophecy. From the prophecy you had, did God say, tomorrow, get singers, get tambourine, get this, get that. God did not tell them. So who told them? If you want to answer, you answer now. No echo. Who told them, sir? Yes, sir. The wisdom of the Spirit of God. Okay. 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 You are telling me some, some, some complex knowledge, wisdom of God. You are correct. But I don't want them, you know, a, a lot of times we mix knowledge and understanding and wisdom. They are different entities, although they are all interconnected. Do you have something different from what you have said? Before I'll, I'll tell you what is in my mind. Ma? Can you read it to us where it was? <laughs> Maybe, maybe that was in the close, close, close discussion with the prophet. Now, I, I, I'll just tell you quickly so that we can save ourselves time. That action to gather singers is a response by them to what God has said. God said he's going to fight for them. So when they have that God is going to fight, what do they need to do? Let us praise and encourage God. Meaning that whenever you hear prophecy that God wants to do something for you, what are you supposed to do? Encourage him. Encourage him. Father, you said, ha, glory be to God. Thank you because you have said, thank you because you have said. What you are doing is that God has spoken. You know, if you look at what Joseph has said to them, we looked at it in the morning. Look at what he said in that 28th verse. God bless you. As if you know that's what I want to look at. Look at it. He said, and they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, according as the, the Spirit of God has instructed them. And as they went forth, Joseph the king stood and said, hear me, O Judah, are you inhabitant of Jerusalem? Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophet. So shall you prosper. Do you know what he was trying to do? He was trying to ginger them. That prophet has spoken. Don't worry, let's go. Maybe he looked behind and found out that liver of some people were failing. Say, this is what we want to do. No sword, no bow, 
no arrow. How are we going to fight? <laughs> you know, some of, there will be Thomas Didymus among them. He will whisper to his wife and say, oh boy, <laughs> if this thing, where this man talking, no come to pass, oh boy, we don't die. Oh. <laughs> so he decided to encourage and motivate them. And as soon as he did that, look at verse 21. Yes. Who did he consult with? Did he consult with God? And when they are consulted with the people, what did they do? He appointed singers unto the Lord. And I should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy and joy forever. So they are saying, Lord, <laughs> listen, sir. Don't let us, you see, when I read the Bible, I try to look at the real life situation. Sir, as they were going, their liver, they shake. You see people carry AK-47. <laughs> I say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Sir, you can be saying the name of Jesus, but the reality is. <laughs> Somebody says, every act of faith is not in the absence of fear. But it's in the confrontation of it. That you are not afraid when you are acting in faith is a lie. But it's just that you decided to face your fear so that your faith can become enhanced. So they began to sing and to praise God. Maybe that's a way of boasting their morale. And what happened in verse 22? And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent a bushman against the children of Ammon, Moab, Ammon, which when were come against and they were smitten, they helped one another to kill one another. I'm sure when the children of Israel saw them fighting, see, oh boy, he did it, the see them started fighting. Do you know what God did? He scattered their language, he turned them against themselves. Somebody that they were laughing together suddenly slapped him. Say, why did you start? It will be one person that will start from home. He can just step on his face. See, are you blind? Didn't you see me? Say, if I see you, are we not here together? Are you, are you okay? He goes. So I said, why are you people fighting? Say, what's your whole ghost? <laughs> Excuse me, what happened there has happened before in real life. When you see, I, I, I was in a, years ago I was in a meeting, that guy, I wish that guy had stayed with God. He just got born again. And the court guys were angry that God born again, and they brought up his matter in the meeting. Why did they bring up the matter so that they can go and deal with him? As the name was mentioned, up till tomorrow, I didn't know what happened. One of the guys just said, oh boy, forget this matter. He said, I don't talk to me, no talker. Say, why would I say it? Guru, 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 guru. Oh, so the meeting here, though, they did not take any decision on that guy again. And I was watching the whole thing. And when they were going, I was almost like, well, you started the discussion of this guy. They did not conclude. They didn't even discuss him one minute. As soon as his name was mentioned. Meaning that it is possible for the enemy to mention your name in the covenant, and that's the end of the meeting. So they won't even bother mentioning you because mentioning your name ends their meeting. So someone said, you better not mention this guy's name. I sent away mention this guy's name and scattered. So they scattered at the end of the day. That's why I said, surely they shall gather, but they are gathering not to as many of them that gather together for your sake, they shall fall. He said they will come against you in one way, they will flee from you in several ways. This is our heritage. But all of these can only happen when we allow the Holy Spirit to have his proper place in our lives. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So any question before we read our conclusion? This is the first part we're going to go. This can be, there's a lot of things that we need to talk about when we're talking about outpouring. But you see, we just, I think this is a good way to start. Then we delve more into the matter and learn and learn and learn and understand fully the subject in view. Any question? Any question, addition, subtraction? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I think he's, uh, maybe I sound more like a preacher than a teacher. Go help me. Because if it's a teacher now, some of you ask questions. <laughs> Did I sound more of a preacher or a teacher? Or a combination of boots? All right. Conclusion. The position of the Holy Spirit in the overall agenda of God cannot be overemphasized. The identity of God cannot be unveiled without the Spirit of God. 
And know that if the identity of God is never unveiled, your own identity is shielded from you. Because it is when the identity of God is unveiled that you cannot, you cannot is it extrapolate or interpolate or whatever and articulate it into yourself because you are created in his image and likeness. Can we rise up on our feet this evening and say to God, God, pour upon me your spirit in his fullness. Ask that the Lord will pour out upon you his spirit in the fullness. Lord, I want to have my entire being under the control of the Holy Spirit. I want to have my entire life under the supervision of the Holy Spirit. Lord, overwhelm me by your spirit. Overwhelm me by your presence. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let your spirit, let your spirit come upon me like never before. Lord, let there be an overwhelmingness of your spirit in my life. Thank you, King of Kings. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Eternal King of Kings, in this study we have established that the Holy Spirit is everything about you. You are the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is you. And your action is connected with the Son, which is the Word of God. Lord, this is a journey into discovering the Trinity in a way that will cause our lives to be aligned with your purpose and plan. Father, Lord, much more than what we have learned together tonight, please expand your word to us in our various houses, rooms, and closets in the name of Jesus. Please teach us your word so that we might be able to walk in your way and so that your name alone can be glorified. Thank you, ancient of days. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Can we dip our hands into our pocket and bring out our offering? Father, Lord, we thank you. For the offering in our hand is to worship and to praise your name. Lord, bless this offering. Use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. And bless us in return. As we go into a very awesome go ahead of us. Our sleep tonight shall be filled with heavenly revelations. And when we wake up tomorrow, Lord, it shall be, it shall be to us awakening into a newness of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, our Lord and our God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. If you are blessed, can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah. God bless you. Good